0: we get it.
1: Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matters. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And wow, I have such a great show for you today. If you have been a target of an emotional predator, a narcissist, a psychopath, something like that, perk your ears up. Because today's special guest, Stephen Wall Handler, JD, LPC, is an attorney and psycho- psychotherapist with decades of experience in dispute resolution and psychology. He's the author of Protecting Yourself from Emotional Predators, Neutralize the Users, Abusers, and Manipulators Hidden Among Us, which presents a new paradigm for understanding toxic people and relationships. An attorney since 1984 Stephen is a graduate of Cornell Law School, where he was an editor of the Law Review, he has practiced law in a large Wall Street law firm and as soloist in a small New Mexican town. Um, <clears throat> there's so much I don't want to go into the whole thing, but Stephen has been resolving business and family disputes outside the courts since 1993 as a mediator arbitrator consultant custody evaluator and perfect uh, parent parental decision maker he combines his legal training and expertise with his deep understanding of psychological basis of high conflicts disputes and I can only tell you that we just talked for 15 minutes before we went before we started to record and oh wow (laughs) so here we go Stephen welcome
0: thank you Randy it's really a pleasure to be with you
1: it's it's really a pleasure to have you um Stephen was on January 7th of 2020 and we talked about this but you know in that time, he's doing different things. I'm doing different things. So we're, you know, we're really um, we have a lot to share. Okay, so tell us uh, what kind of work you do. What is your specialty?
0: Well, I do a lot of different things. I mediate uh, disputes. I arbitrate disputes. A lot of the a lot of my work is in the family courts, but some of it's in uh, commercial disputes. Um, Sometimes uh, I work with uh, small family businesses or even medium-sized family businesses. So I do a lot of dispute resolution. I also do a lot of consulting with um, people who are dealing with uh, what I call emotional predators, and I do that with people pretty much all over the English-speaking world. Anyone in the English-speaking world with a with an internet connection. Um, it could be people from that that wide range. They contact me for that, and I have. Re, I used to do a lot of custody evaluations. I'm in Colorado, and those are here. the ones I did are called uh, parental responsibilities evaluations or PREs. There's another type of custody evaluation in Colorado that's um, I would call a a shorter, less expensive called a child and family investigation. I did not do those. I haven't done those for years um i recently stopped doing doing those custody evaluations it became a little a little too wearing on me and i may resume that but um but a lot of consulting these days working well, with parents who are dealing with or you know, family can you members turn your, is there any way the for you
1: to turn your level of sound up
0: sure i i've got I mine all
1: the way up and it's a little yeah
0: okay hold on uh,
1: Okay, well, while you're doing that, So now the PRE is, is particular to Colorado, and I'm familiar with that. Um, and there are many different kind different officers of the court and evaluators and, and, uh, and people that do these kind of things. Um, the, so when you do consultant work, you say you, you do it with anybody who speaks English, right? <laughs> so that would be anywhere.
0: Yes, okay yes.
1: So if someone is uh, dealing with a very unfair uh, situation, let's call it a a predatory spouse, um, you would work with them and help them to get the best outcome possible?
0: Yes. Uh, By the way, is that a little better volume for the microphone? A little bit better. I can make it louder. Make it louder. How's that? Is That's that anybody- good.
1: There you go. Oh, okay.
0: Good. Well, technology. Technology's wonderful when it works for us. And then if, if it lets us down a little bit, it's, it can bit very impatient. No, it's good. Okay. It's good. Okay, good. Um, the question was, how do I? So what I-, I was
1: saying is, so if somebody is, is coming to you as a consultant, you're going to help them get the very best possible outcome from yes. their custody. Um, case,
0: right? Yes. One of the things that I work with parents about is how to organize their, how to organize their, their, whatever material or documents or evidence or, or points the the main points they want to make to, if it's a custody evaluation or in the courts. And I work with attorneys, you know, I work with attorneys to do help them do this Um, often and, and how to on a on a personal side, not be provoked, not not all of the natural responses of of a good decent person when they're targeted by an emotional predator. The natural responses can uh, betray us, and it, it's very helpful to people to help them to become emotionally. Um, less easily provoked. Let's put it that way. And and I help them sometimes to understand what's happening in the dynamics between the, their predator and them. And that helps them to understand it in a whole new light. And then, ah, okay, I get it. When he or she does whatever they do that pushes my buttons. Oh, I see. So they can, their buttons are less sensitive. And that helps them tremendously. So there's a number of different different ways, um, and also if it's a custody evaluation situation, to be able to help them understand these these are the things that the law, that the judge has to the factors in the statute that the judge has to address. In a, in a this is what they're going to have to look at, and here's the, a lawyer. Also, will go over a good lawyer will go over all this with a person, but sometimes they don't. And and I say, so if you're talking to an evaluator, the evaluator is going to be thinking about these factors. So you have lots of information, but what which of the infor- of the things that you know that you have for ten years of information, which ones address the things that the evaluator and the court. Needs to think about. That's helping to organize and focus on what really. Yeah, it's different from what a ther their therapist might ask. You know, they might want to talk about with their therapist. That's a much wider range. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. And um, I know that I advise people if they're going to have to um, have a guardian at Lightham visit them, or a parent co- um, coordinator, or or pre, or something like that. Um, do not bash your spouse (laughs) do not bash do not say but you don't understand it's like they think it's the first time they're going to tell this but you don't understand what he or she's been doing to me you just you know i'm like don't do that you're going to look so bad why does that look so bad
0: well because the evaluate well first of all because that's almost undoubtedly what the predator is going to be doing to them going to be saying about them first of all and then the evaluator or the guardian at litem or whoever it is and in Colorado we have child legal representatives whatever it is they're going to be sitting and listening to one parent saying the other parent is terrible at all is horrible blah 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 and then they hear the other parent going the other parent is terrible and they they're going to go, oh, well, it sounds like they're both. And then they will interpret the, they'll understand the, the conflict as, well, these two parents are just angry at each other, but that's not what's really going on. And, you know, a predator's accusations, you, before we, we got on, on the air, you said the brilliant, you said the brilliant thing uh, that you said, I, I wrote it down, accusations are confessions, because we were talking about how one of the ways to help a person, calm their emotional reactivity. And I say to people when I'm counseling them, do not react emotionally. Learn to respond strategically, but not react emotionally. And it's along the same lines. You understand that the stuff that the other person is throwing at you and accusing you of and telling the evaluator or the guardian ad litem these horrible things about you, you have to understand these are Confessions, as you put it, or projections of their own. So uh, that that's a, <laughs> that happens a lot.
1: And sometimes the targeted parent will be the one to bash it, and the other parent, the, the the predatory parent, the emotional predatory parent, can be very calm.
0: That's true, also. And
1: so the contrast is like, oh, well, who's the crazy one here? Well, you know. The,
0: the other thing the other thing I counsel parents to do is they want to say things like my ex is a raging narcissist or my ex is a borderline personality disorder blah blah, blah. You know, they're a psychopath I counsel let the expert figure that out just just provide the the facts right. just they well here's they did this and here's the the audio or the video or or whatever I've got here's the the emails or whatever the text messages this is what they did. That's it. Let the other, let the expert be the expert. You may know more about your, your spouse, or your soon-to-be ex-spouse, or your ex-spouse. You know more, but it doesn't serve you. In fact, sometimes it insults the ego of the. I'll put it in air quotes. The expert, they what just judge. Well, sure you tell, judge you know, don't you tell me that they're a narcissist. I'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. So it, it's much less is more in that way
1: right i always say people people tell people not to label them give them diagnosis it just waters you down it's not good it's going to Mm -hmm. everybody your professionals are going to tune you right out so that's true uh, what you're saying is absolutely it talk about facts talk about what's happening do not label
0: yeah i also advise people in there and one of the things when i'm consulting with people is Sometimes they'll in the middle of this process, they'll be getting communications, uh, our our family wizard, uh, messaging back and forth, and I'll I'll, I'll ask them to well, before you write back, let me see it, and then I'll help to teach them about editing out adjectives, superlatives, always, never, you know, outrageously, (laughs) all of the ly words, um, and the characterizing, and just state the, the thing. He said this. Mm-hmm. We, te- we say Whoa. words are less. <laughs> yes, less is less <laughs> is more. Right, right. Often.
1: Just say what you have to say and cut out the anything else. Oh, mm-hmm. we're so on the same page here. Um, you know, and you have you have a lot more experience directly in this work. So, what do you? Um, how do? You, what is an emotional predator?
0: Oh boy. Uh, well, <clears throat> emotional predators are known uh, are known by many different labels. Uh, these days, um, I, def- I just, I would just say an emotional predator is a person who lacks empathy. And I define empathy as that's a whole like little tangent there. I'll just say they lack empathy. We can talk about what I mean by empathy, okay. which means without empathy, they have no conscience and they have no compassion. Now, they can fake these things. They can fake these things, but they actually don't have empathy. Their empathy circuit is just not not hooked up. So a a person who lacks empathy and is driven, I would say they are relentlessly and insatiably driven to experience dominating, controlling, winning, bullying. These are all words for the similar kind of thing. Mm So they're relentlessly and insatiable it cannot be satisfied this drive mm-hmm. they they feel they bully bully somebody they got to keep doing it they keep doing it right. so they're relentlessly and insatiably driven to have that experience and um the way that they effectively do that that you can control or feel like you're dominating someone is to elicit an emotional reaction out of them so if one of these people comes at me and they say um you know uh and they they start attacking me because i wear green socks <laughs> i don't care about green socks i have no emotional reaction to that it just go you know it, it doesn't affect me
1: yeah i am wearing green socks yes i am
0: <laughs> yeah they're going chi- to they're going to try they're very sensitive not empathy but they're sensitive and they have a sixth even a seventh sense of being able to pick up on what the target values most, what you, what I call them, your core values, your core beliefs, the things that are most important to you. And in parent situations, it's pretty obviously the children, right? So they know what they they know, or they find out what that is. And that's, they go, Oh, Stephen doesn't care about green socks, but he does care about blue underwear. So I'm going to go after him about the blue underwear thing and go on and on and i'll be like oh, because i really care about that it's very important to me it's a stupid example but so they're so that's why i call them emotional predators and a predator i mean i put it in the book i could read you the definition of what a predator is you know they they use other people for their they they feed on other people mm-hmm. to gratify this insatiable need to feel that they're dominant they're controlling they're winning they're Pushing other people around, I used to say puppet master with the strings. You know, you know they they jerk your string, and how high can they get you to jump? That kind of thing. So they prey on your emotions. Again, that's part of when you counsel people. I try to try to get them to understand, and I, I talk about this in in my book that you know one of the the second step to protecting yourself out of the five steps is you have to know yourself. You have to know yourself really better than they do. You have to know what do I value. What are my emotional triggers or the buttons that they can push, and that helps you to go. Okay, I can neutralize them. I see that even if it's it's very important to me. My children are very important to me. Obviously, I don't have to make them not important to me. But I know that when he's busy poking and doing nasty stuff to my kids, I understand what's happening here. He's trying to get a reaction out of me, and I understand that 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 I'm not. I disengage from that whole dynamic. Anyway, that, does that explain to you what yes, I think a different predator is? Yeah. And you know,
1: <laughs> and and the difference between a emotional predator that is human, because I'm not so sure they are, um, mm. <laughs> human and an and animal, a predator in the animal kingdom, is that they are when they kill, when they attack, they do it quick and humanely. Mm. kill it and they only kill they only eat what they need they eat when they're hungry the narcissist the psychopath they kill slowly and torturously and Mm -hmm. they need to feed all the time so Mm I say narcissists are probably the most dangerous creatures walking this earth they're I agree. very, very
0: dangerous. Well, I, I agree, except for, I mean, my my framework for understanding this is, is slightly different from most people's and that I consider these people are emotional predators and an emotional predator is a mixture of five different personality disordered features. Okay. And they're all narcissistic because it's always all about them all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're, some of them are more sociopathic because those people are much more sort of uh, scheming, scheming types. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all uh, paranoid to some extent. They're all paranoid to some extent because they're busy manipulating other people to get what they want. So they assume everybody's trying to do it to them, which makes them all slightly paranoid. Mm-hmm. Some more than others, mm-hmm. and then some of them are more hysterical or in the in the. In the DSM, they call it histrionic. They're more hysterical. These are the people, the the drama queens and the drama kings. You know, it was, a, it was a five minute conversation needed to happen, and three hours later, or three days later, and this is this is it. This is I'm going to get you to you know chase your tail, and if I can get you to chase your tail. Oh, look how powerful I am. Oh, so they have some of them have have a lot of that characteristic. And some of them are, are borderline characters. They have more of that feature, which is to be consistently inconsistent. I mean, I say the one thing you can count on with a borderline type person is you can't count on anything. They'll say it has to be X. And then three minutes later, they'll go, it can never be X. And you go. Well, then you understand what you're dealing with. It's, so. it's really, <laughs> I
1: find that people who come to me who have been um, abused by a borderline or been in a relationship with a borderline, they're so much worse um, than mm-hmm. people who have been abused by narcissists. Because mm-hmm. if, with a borderline, there is a level of truth to, the, to their love or their affection. Mm-hmm. The problem is, so they see that, and then as soon as they see it, it's taken away. Mm -hmm, The narcissist mm -hmm. right with the narcissist it's never really there it's all fake you know Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they feel it it's like but this person is so warm and loving when they Mm -hmm. are and then yank Mm -hmm. they take it right away Mm -hmm. and i don't know who who they are and it's a Mm -hmm. tough one to deal with um Mm -hmm. yeah 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 this is this is also very true
0: that has characteristics of what is commonly understood as the cycle of abuse. You know, the, the, that, well, we don't have to go, I mean, we can go into it if you want, but, you know, that, it's very well diagrammed and understood. Mm-hmm. The honeymoon phase, the love bombing, then the building of tension, then the release of tension with usually, a physical assault but sometimes it's just an explosive verbal assault right. and then the remorse expressions of remorse and oh you know there it is
1: and then back and to the, the honeymoon then the um intermittent reinforcement and all the the stuff where they suck them back in and the person mm-hmm. goes oh everything i've pleaded everything i've said finally they get it right right and they get right. and they you, get sucked
0: back. oh in. my gosh Th- this This is something that I, I work with people about. If you've been targeted by these these predators, you know you have to, when I, in in step step two of protecting yourself, I mentioned this is you have to know yourself and you have to know what are your hopes and desires and you know and how do you delude yourself about who that person really is and who they are. is different almost always from who you want them to be and who you may have devoted 10 years trying to get them or 15 years trying to get them to be and that's a very hard thing for people
1: it is a very hard thing you know you, you mentioned a point before and you know about knowing yourself and knowing what your values are and you know a lot of times and i think women are more emotional than men but i'm not ruling men out in this situation but when they're trying to, um, to get their husband to understand them, or they say, you know, I I want a divorce and they'll say, just please, please, please leave the kids alone, please. When you say that parental alienation, right? Exactly. You never want to say that because you're giving them Intel into what hurts you.
0: Absolutely. That's. A, I mean, another thing I speak about in the book is is there's a whole section, a little number of pages on controlling the information. They, the predator, that they're expert at controlling the information that they're the false information they're putting out and the information they're busy gathering about you, about the target that they can use to manipulate you and abuse you. And when, and I, I, to put it kind of simplistically, when you, this is part of not being, not being provoked. The first level of not being provoked is never show any emotional reaction at all. Be, respond strategically, don't react emotionally, but you don't, when you, when you reveal What's important to you? Well, like he just said, that's so normal. That's what normal, that's what all decent people do because they misunderstand the nature of the other person. You said they're not really human. I would say they're not fully developed humans. Their brains are not. They're not fully developed humans, in my opinion, because a fully Mm -hmm. developed human has a very uh, active Mm and well-functioning empathy, Mm -hmm. but they don't have that. So they're not fully, you know, they don't have everything. Anyway. But when you tell them, well you the target will assume naively and this is something that helped we have to educate people that the other person is more or less like them, but they're not. They're completely different. They don't have the same values. they don't operate the same way. They, they don't have the same beliefs. they don't n- nothing about they're alien. They're completely alien to everything that the target knows is a normal decent person and so when you say when when that parent says oh it's okay but please just don't involve the children oh it's the most normal thing to do and it's the it's just the most counterproductive thing to do because the tar- the, the predator just goes ha, ha, ha. screw around with the children that'll get her you know, and that's what happened you just told them what to do so I actually talk in the book and I consult with people sometimes about this is a page out of um, Sun Tzu the art of war it's it's an adapted from that hmm. but I tell people to appear strong uh, he says appear strong where you're a weak and appear weak where you are strong so your enemy attacks you where you're actually strong because they think you're weak there hmm. but I, I shift that around I say appear interested where you really couldn't care less (laughs) and appear disinterested about the things that actually are important to you. So in an example, I say to people, it's a silly example, but I'll say, so you you might start the communication with a long email or whatever you're sending saying, well, really first thing we need to deal with, suppose you don't care about the money. The money will be okay. You know, it's gonna be fine one way or the other, more money, less money, but you really care about the kids. So what you want to do there is misdirect their attention. And you say, well, first of all, we need to deal with the money. And you go on for three paragraphs about the money. Then at the end, you start with that. You spend a lot of time on that. And then at the end, yeah, you maybe throw in a little, oh, and I I don't know what, you know, whatever you think. Maybe blah, blah, blah about the children. The predator goes, oh you know, he really cares about the money or she really cares about the money. Mm -hmm. And that's where they'll expend their energy and try to It's not. It's not that simple and it's not perfect. But but it
1: is simple, but it is simple because (laughs) narcissists are not complicated, all right? When you understand what they're motivated by, you can take the power back very easily. But what people say to me, and, and the thing is, you know, Narcissists target people who are nice, sweet, genuine, genuine, authentic people. They don't lie. They, there's no pretenses. And so, you know, when we tell them you need to play the game, you have to, you've got to treat, you know, you got to act differently. You have to act. You have to know what they do know who you are and you have to act. And they're like, but that's not real. That's not genuine. I'm like, this is survival. This is survival. It's your survival. You don't do it, you're gonna lose.
0: It's your children's survival, also. Right. Excuse me, I'm just gonna let the whining dog out. I Go can ahead, hear. sure. You. Yeah. It's just that you know, who runs my life? Apparently, the dog does.
1: Well, they run. Yeah, pets run everybody's lives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry for the answer. A couple of things there. Um, <laughs> one of the things I, I advise people is learn as part of learn to respond strategically i say learn how to play their game better than they do and that does not make you them that does not make you like them and there there's fundamental differences they do these they do these uh, deceptive or manipulative behaviors they do them relentlessly across the boards in every aspect of their life with no regard for the consequences to any uh, on anybody else You may adopt some of their strategies, like maybe misleading them with a communication that isn't really honest or something like like I was talking about. You may adopt a strategy only with that one predator person, and you do it with always aware of what might be the collateral consequences for innocent other people. And it's very different, but it looks alike. And you got to be careful also with the evaluator types. you got to be very careful about how you do something like that so that you don't look like you don't be mistaken for them because you you adopted one of their tactics. But it is useful to understand the games they play and to be able to outplay them at their own game. There was one other thing that you said, if if I could go down a little tangent, that is really important for parents. I, I work with a lot of parents who having, you know, are divorcing or divorced and they have these couple of children with this nightmare other person. And the parent is busy beating themselves up about how could I have not seen what a raging sociopath or a crazy borderline nutcase, what a horrible person the other parent is. And they beat themselves up Because, oh, my God, I've condemned my children to growing up with this nightmare parent. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen over many years, and I I try to share this with parents all the time, is, first of all, you, you, you touched right on it. These predators, they target decent, compassionate, kind, giving, generous, sensitive people. That's who they target, and if you've been targeted by one of these people, it probably means that you're an exceptionally wonderful person. Exactly. And, and people are like, oh my god, they feel so bad about themselves. I said, oh no, 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 they don't target. They don't target it. Jerks. They target the best among us because those are the people that are naturally going to be giving to them. Naturally going to be tolerant. Anyway, that's the first thing. The second thing is um, people's they beat themselves up about i've I've condemned my children to this horrible other parent but actually you know if you take a long term perspective it's often the case that your children because they're growing up with a parent who's a let's say a raging narcissist they may be better equipped as they enter adulthood than you were to see and recognize and keep away from narcissists cuz they go Oh, I was on a date with so-and-so and and half an hour in, I realized this guy's just like dad. I don't need that. (laughs) I know what those people are like. I know what a narcissist is because dad, I I learned that up close and personal. So I've seen this in in a number of cases over the years. You have to, you know, years go by. And I've had parents come back to me a few times and say, you know, you were right. My kid is like, they know so much more about how to how to protect themselves than I ever knew, <laughs> so it it it's it's not always. It, I just I I I, I kind of cringe when I see parents beating themselves up about it.
1: Well, every parent does, you know. Yeah, it's natural. And the first time they come to me, they are so broken and so torn mm. and so upset, mm. and a huge chunk of that is what they're saying to themselves. Mm -hmm. huge chunk of that and so what you're saying is absolutely right when you take on you you may leave the abuser but then you become your own abuser and you begin saying terrible things to yourself you keep yourself in a holding pattern of pain so you're absolutely right about that um and and you're right about the children too uh as long as the children are not alienated, and then right. their life is really going to be destroyed.
0: That that that's true. I mean, that's a whole nother, What do we call it? Kettle of fish. If if the if the if the problem parent has been successful in alienating the, the damage there, it can be life lifelong, and that's. You know, there's a there are people now, some a few academics, and there there's a contingency of people who seem to be saying that there's no such thing as parental alienation. And that's only a claim. That's a defense that an abusive parent throws up. In my experience, I have seen cases where the abusive parent was also the alienating parent. (laughs) I've also, one person's alienation is another person's protection. (laughs) You know, the alienating, so-called alienating parent may be Protective parent, and sometimes there's little of both going on. As a natural reaction, you just go like, keep away from him.
1: Right. There's a very the person the person that is responsible for all of this going on has a very large organization where she helps people who are going through this, but she says there is no parental alienation. She has. She's gotten millions and millions of dollars from people who buy into this. She's now affecting all the court systems all over the world.
0: I'm well aware of this. Yeah, there's a there's a if, if listeners are interested, they can get really good science research based information from an organization called the Parental Alienation Study group I'm they don't that. advocate they don't advocate p-a-s-g right you can find them online
1: you're, you're in you the PS, p-a-s-g too what's that are you in i i'm part oh, of yes. the p-a-s-g yes
0: and they had a con they had a, i'm in colorado and last summer they, they had a con the annual it's an international group they don't advocate for anything they just are a research group they're trying to trying to uh collect and further research into this phenomenon and um yes it's very, it's it's a very fact based organization. And I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in this,
1: right? It's got all the top researchers and doctors who do this work are um, are part of this group. It's it really is fantastic. Um, the other one is um, um, Elaine Cobb, you know, Elaine Cobb and her group? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, her group The parental alienation, uh, or uh, I can't think of it right offhand. I just
0: I can't think of it either. Yeah.
1: Right? I, I do, I do um, segments for her sometimes. So yes, there are there's some really good information out there for you. When you're going through this, you feel very much alone. You feel yeah. like you're the only person this has ever happened to. And I tell people, this is epidemic. You <laughs> are, you have, it's epidemic worldwide, right?
0: I agree. I, I think at the beginning of my book, I talk about uh, one of the books that I like very much uh, is it's called, uh, what is it? It's Martha Stout. She's a psychology professor at Harvard. She wrote a book called, Oh, The Sociopath Next Door. And in her book, she estimated that I think uh, 4% of the US population at that time, this is 2001, I think, were sociopaths. Now, I think that in my opinion i think that a sociopath is one flavor if you will one of five flavors of emotional predators i it's it's it just anecdotally i i have no statistics to there's no i don't know how you would i'm really curious them. to hear what you said with
1: your statistics i i I, one, so.
0: I believe i believe that it is a you use the word and i agree 100 it's an epidemic in our culture and in the world at large it's an epidemic and um part of that problem is that the way the, the the paradigm that is sort of the operative paradigm in the mental health professions and in our culture at large is out of date and isn't is, is catching up now to these kinds of problems these are um I talk about this in the book i guess i will go down this go down this rabbit hole a little go ahead, bit sure, with you go ahead, sure but the, the the operative paradigm and, and and parents normal people we in this we bring this to you know uh, to all of these situations, the operative paradigm is based out of um psychoanalytic, psychodynamic thinking that theories that originated at the end of the Victorian era. And the Victorian era, you know, what was the zeitgeist? Don't even think about it, repression. And this created a lot of very extreme neurotic problems, and psychodynamic, psychoanalytic thinking, and all of the different, uh, you know, threads from that, forms of that, are very good at we want to helping people have insight into themselves so that they can then affect change for neurotic problems. But the problems we deal with now are entire the problem people. I mean, there's still neurotic problems. But the 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 epidemic we're talking about is an entirely different order of business. These are these are well you call them personality disorder problems. And that's not and and, and trying to have insight. If you try to give a person with a personality disorder, you think you, you give them insight into themselves? First of all, they can't get it in anyway. Second of all, if they if they do, if they do, all you're doing is teaching them about how to. Cover up better, how to build a better facade. Oh, you saw that I was, I was abusive to that person. Oh, I better, I better close that. I better close that window. I got to strengthen the facade so that no one will see that anymore. I got to make my abuse a little bit more. I have just just a quick
1: comment for that. I tell my clients when you get my book, please don't hand it to your spouse. Because I've had had clients hand my book to their spouse. They're like, see, see. See, you're a narcissist. So, oh, God, it's so, so normal. You are, and maybe oh. we can, you can get better. And they hand them the guidebook.
0: Randy, that <laughs> is, oh, I'm just going, I'm coming on a chair because I've seen that happen so often. That is such a normal, <laughs> decent person response. And the, the fundamental misunderstanding is that that's what you would do if you were dealing with another person. Similar to you, by that I mean another neurotic person. And by the way, neurotic people are—I mean, you know—one of the one of the jokes. I don't know if it's a joke, but is a neurotic person is busy making themselves miserable, (laughs) but a personality disordered person is busy making everybody around them miserable. That's right. Good point. And you know, it does kind of circle back to what I touched on much earlier about about empathy and what i believe empathy is i think neurotic people and and if you don't have empathy you can't have a conscience a functioning conscience neurotic people tend to sometimes these very decent decent people that are troubled by all this they have an excess if you will i don't know if that's the right word for it but they're deeply troubled by how they're said their empathy for they have empathy for the predator yes
1: they
0: do um is it is it of any use to just very quickly define what I mean by empathy because the word gets thrown sure, around a
1: lot? Absolutely. Okay. I, I want to hear whatever you have to say. I,
0: I believe that empathy is an let me see if I can say that an immediate congruent wow. emotional <clears throat> reaction to another person's emotional state. Okay. So the example I give is a stupid example, but if I'm in a really great mood and I walk into a room where, I don't know, four of my friends are, and a few minutes before I walk in, one of them just got a call telling them that their whole family had been killed in a car crash. And the the, the mood in the room is as as hard, deep, and sorrowful as it could be. But I'm all like, yahoo, I just came from whatever, you know. Like, whatever it is, and I'm feeling great. When I walk into that room, if my empathy is functioning, nobody has to say a word. And I will immediately, my emotional state will adjust. It will become congruent to their emotional state.
1: Very good. That's it.
0: No words, no nothing. I don't have to understand what's going on, I'll just feel it. And (laughs) that's different from sensitivity to other people's emotions. Emotional predators are highly sensitive. So an emotional predator walk into that room, they pick up on it, but they would they, they internally they wouldn't feel the same way. They might even in, internally feel a little bit elated cuz they'll go, "Oh, these people are emotionally upset and vulnerable. How can I how can I how can I strategize how, how can I right. use this to my advantage?" And then they'll be very good at saying all the right things, but what they're really doing is strategizing scheming and it's very it looks the same sometimes but sensitivity to other people's emotions is not the same as empathy empathy is an automatic thing it's an okay. immediate automatic congruent reaction
1: that that's really a, a great way to explain it have you ever noticed um this is something i really really want to look into and you were talking about uh how the predators have like a six or seven sense okay they do have some sort of ability because often they don't even have to be with the person to know what that person is doing. Have you ever noticed that? I hear this a lot. I hear where people are being, they'll be doing something. And, and I'll say, you better check the room for cameras. You better check it, you know, <laughs> and there's nothing there, but that predator knows what they're doing. I don't understand this, and not everybody explains it to me, but I've heard it about five or six times in the years that I've been doing this work.
0: Hmm. That's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> that's very interesting. I'm not sure what I would say about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, th- the level of of intuitive understanding that a predator can have can be extraordinary and they can and and sometimes in the love bombing phase we're completely captivated by that and we think it's oh my god they can see right into my soul this is my soulmate but they they some of them some of them possess a level of i guess i would call it intuitive understanding like i call it a sixth or seventh sense where sure and some of them are very very intelligent and they can figure out. Yeah, yeah. I know what she's. I know what she's doing. I know what's going on right now. Yeah, I just left the house. Mm-hmm. I said this, this, and this. Then I walked out the door, and I know exactly what I left behind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've seen some of that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. So, um, so I'm, I'm listening. Kind of, the dog to come back in.
0: <laughs> the boss. Yeah, I know. Come on. The boss
1: is. We were just. My husband and I just flew from Florida to California for two weeks to babysit my son's cat. So believe me, I understand. Okay, sorry. Okay, needy animals. That's fine. Okay, so. um, Okay, so you were you were beginning to talk about something in your book, and you were going through some progression where when I interrupted you about. um, Yeah, I don't know if, if you if you remember where you were. If not, we'll move on, and it'll probably come back to you.
0: Well, I always say these things; they come back eventually if they're important. Exactly. Tomorrow, the next day. Exactly.
1: Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why do you think I? Well, first of all, I wanted to hear your statistic. You started to say that. Oh, what do you think the statistic of predators in I'm global sorry. population is?
0: You know, it's interesting. My anecdotal experience, and it's just, you know, I don't know how you'd compile a statistic about this, you know, self report? No. Um, anyway, I think that easily 20% of in this country, of the current population of this country, are, are emotional predators, maybe more. I, I say, think it, well, I
1: say 25 modestly.
0: I think that I think maybe yeah. I'm trying to be conservative here, but I think it, it is an epidemic, and it's an epidemic throughout the the planet. It's very interesting because a lot of people ask me, you know, uh, are they born nature or nurture? Are they born this way? Or are they raised this way? And you know, my personal belief is that uh, it, it, it's it's a hardwiring something people are born with and nurturing you know a nurturing childhood can you know kind of direct a predator into more socially normative and acceptable career like a you know you be a hard charging chief executive officer brutal but you know efficient and society loves you um and, and 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 moderate the you know the the more toxic aspects and if you that same person were brought up in a, a series of crack dens you know they might become a serial killer, or serial rapist, or so there's both, both play a role. But one thing that interested me when I was writing the book, I, I read about, I can't remember the the source of this, but it was, it was suggested that in, in a culture like Japan, there's a lower percentage of what I'm going to call, you know, sociopaths. I think that's what they were talking about. And the, the speculation was because the culture and I'm out of my league here, but the speculation was that the culture is more oriented toward group responsibility toward the group. Whereas in the United States, for example, the culture is more oriented toward the individual. You know, individual is more important than the group. Right. And that that the, the speculation was that that had a ameliorating. I think that's the word. An ameliorating it tamped down on the, the noxious effect of people who were born with what I would say a defective empathy circuit.
1: And there are cultures like Middle East cultures mm. where men are dominant and mm-hmm. it's supported by their culture that they're supposed to be dominant and sometimes even cruel, heartless, cheaters. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: accepted, it's accepted in those societies. When people uh, reach out to me from those countries, um, it's very, very difficult because oh my Lord. you you have to leave your culture. You have to leave. Even your own family will not support you trying to get away from a predator like that.
0: Oh, my God. It's Awful. Yeah. I mean, that's a very that's a whole important piece about to what extent are people like you and I trying to impose our cultural values on another culture where you know, beating your wife is norm. I mean, what do you mean? Of course I have to beat my wife. I mean, and there are cultures that, you know, and, oh God, the honor killings, you know, daddy kills his daughter to preserve the family honor and stuff. Hey, I'll I'll admit maybe I'm culture bound, but I think that's subhuman behavior. It is. That's it's inhumane.
1: Inhuman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so we, we got to that statistic, we're, we're really on the same page here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I say, I say, you know, probably one out of four people has Yeah, no, like I agree.
0: I, and, I you agree know, and, you know, and I
1: always sit there, like in the airport, and I'm looking around and I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, if one out of four, how many people sitting in this <laughs> airport, or sitting on the plane I'm in, have this? <laughs> You know, yep. and they're so yep. good at hiding it. They're so good at, at masking it and fitting into society. It, it,
0: it, <laughs> I'm not sure what to say about that, because I, I do the same thing. And <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, I wish I didn't see. It, it. It's like once you see, you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard also, once you've seen that, to not become kind of paranoid in your own way and and suspicious of everyone. Mm-hmm. One of the things I say about that is a lot of good-hearted people um, extend trust, like, sort of automatically. I mean, I need to – my father was like this. You need to – you meet somebody, you assume the best about them. I don't do that. I meet somebody and I say, I'm going to – the jury is out. They seem very nice. They they seem, you know, wonderful person. but well, we'll see. Or we'll just – I will – I'm not going to extend or grant my, my trust, if you will, easily. I'm going to wait or maybe a little bit incrementally a little bit and test and see, but it's very, it takes repeated experiences often of someone to, to, to really know who and what they're about. And if they are a dangerous person right. and Maybe that's true of all of us, you know, how do you ever really know anybody as fully as you think you do?
1: You know, I remember um, I used to watch Dr. Phil a lot. And one thing that he used to say was that we live in a time where we can't, um, forget how he put it. We can't assume, gosh, I just drew a blank, but anyway, He said we live in a time where we can't give people the benefit of the doubt. We can't Uh, give people the benefit. That's what it is. Can't give people the benefit of the doubt. There was a time when when our towns were smaller, when we knew everybody. But we live in a huge world here where everybody has access to everybody. You mm -hmm. cannot give people the benefit of the doubt. But for those of us, you know, so many of us were raised with, oh, yeah, you just look for the best in people.
0: Yes." yes i you know i say i mean to that i say it's it's perfectly fine to look for the best in people but don't assume that the, 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 the best in them is is who they are or whatever it's real the first step i say in the five steps of protecting yourself the first step is you have to recognize these people and i've a whole chapter on it isn't that simple and you know trust is I believe, you know, trust is something that is earned over time, slowly. And again, a manipulative person can be very, very adept at feeding you just what you need to know to get you to trust them a little bit at a time. Scam artists, this is what they do. They're expert at this. Right. So, yeah, I had an email this morning from blah, 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 law firm. I'm going, what? You know, we're waiting to hear from you. I'm going, what? It's a law firm. Then I stood back and said, "Oh, I'm supposed to trust because it says it's a law firm? <laughs> Another scam artist? With
1: what I All about. day long, all day long, all day long. The phone yeah. and the emails, all oh. day long. Scam, scam, scam. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a very scary world. And I, you know, yes. you know, I don't yes. want people to be paranoid, but you know, once people recognize this, they'll say to me, Randy, I'm getting to the point where I'm seeing narcissists everywhere, and I said. Because you probably are. you probably are. <laughs> right.
0: that's, prob- that's probably true. Probably, that's right.
1: Because we tend to uh, invite these people into our lives. Right? Ah. I mean, right? And then once we realize what who these people are, we begin to spot them.
0: Yes. Um, to say that, let's just say 25% of the population in, in the United States are what I'm going to call emotional predators. Okay. let's say 25%. that means 75% are not. okay. you know, but as you say on a you know, i i give the example of you know if you have 30 kids in a in an elementary school classroom and you assume there's two parents i mean there's going to be a couple of predators in among the parents there and you're in the the the, the class you know the parent teacher meeting or whatever the classroom meeting and all the parents are there. You can look around that room, and you know, That's statistically right. in our, mm-hmm. you know.
1: I get exact... comments, you know, I get comments sometimes to my YouTube, on my YouTube. The word narcissist is just a word everybody uses now. Now, this mm-hmm. is, this is a, this is an issue that I have. That word does not describe the intensity, nor does borderline. Doesn't describe the intensity of what the disorder is. And so people... They say, well, this is a very narcissistic society. The kids are narcissistic. I'm like, no, no, no. This is a personality disorder. This isn't just because they're on social networking
0: 24-7. It's, this is not about, well, especially kids, that go through a normal phase of being very self-focused. It's all about me. Yeah. That's a normal phase of development. It's also true that, I mean, there's a distinction between what I would call narcissism with a small n, and it's it's, it's written about, Healthy narcissism, which is a healthy regard for self, mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. That's very different from capital N narcissistic personality disorder, mm-hmm. which you can look it up. I mean, that that's characterized entirely different. Right. And y- yes, I, I actually agree that the word narcissist, everybody's throwing the everybody's a narcissist. Yeah, you're a narcissist, Lonnie's narcissist, they're a narcissist, she's a narcissist. And to some extent, the society does tend to promote. Oh, I'll just call it selfishness and a lack of concern for others, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think it contributes to the overall environment where it's kind of encouraged, and therefore, people who, it's just that contributes to this this epidemic, this social epidemic we're seeing, and the politics are so out of control this way, um, but yeah. It, it's this is one of the reasons I like to talk about an emotional predator, and I've defined it, you know, mm-hmm. because and I say they're all narcissistic, but they're all sociopathic, they're all paranoid or hysterical, you know, to some extent, and mm-hmm. and and they all have some border, they all have some mixture. It's like ice cream; They've got these yeah. five flavors are all a mixture. Right. By so, the way, there was, hey, there that's why thing. you
1: say emotional predator because it's not <laughs> labeling in a way where people go.
0: You know, yes. that word
1: is way misoverused.
0: Yes. Although, um,
1: as soon as we start talking about that, that's what everybody
0: would be saying. He's an emotional predator. She's <laughs> oh, God, you're you're absolutely right. And by the way, I've had outrageously off the charts, toxic emotional predators read my book and then tell me, oh, I had one of them. It was great. I'm on a I'm on a, a Zoom meeting with one of them. And a lawyer, on um, what, what's lawyer who was you know, a nice guy, but, you know, a little, not that clued in, but a nice guy, well-meaning. And the dad who was representing himself, the lawyer's representing mom. And the dad suddenly starts attacking me and saying, oh, now I know why you wrote that book. Cause you're an emotional predator. That's how you know all about them. And he was off. He, he would check all the boxes. And so this is the projection, right? Mm-hmm. This is like, okay, I can't see it in myself. I'm going to see it in you.
1: That's absolutely um, right.
0: By the way, there's one, one thing when, when you mentioned that you have people say to you, now that I'm, you've kind of opened my eyes to this, I see, I see narcissists. I see these sociopaths everywhere. Um, part of what I tell people is being prudent is not being paranoid. There's a difference. And you don't have to become paranoid in order to be, you know, prudent. And also that's about adjusting really. I mean, uh, the first step to protecting yourself is you gotta identify these people for what they really are. And that's easier said than done sometimes. The second step is you gotta know yourself better than they know you. We talked about that. Know what buttons in you, emotional, that they they can manipulate you with. The third step is very important. You need to be ready, willing, and able to make adjustments in what i call your core values or you know which which create the the, the buttons that they can push your emotional triggers mm-hmm. um and you need to be able to make adjustments it doesn't mean you have to become somebody completely different it just means that as a, you may bless your heart you're a person that again we're talking extends a welcoming trust to everyone oh as dr phil give everyone the benefit of the doubt well how about you tweak that a little bit and go I will give people the benefit of the doubt. I will give them my trust after they've earned it. I mean, that's an adjustment. I'm not saying I'll never trust anyone because that's the other extreme that's that's very damaging to people.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, and the way to do that is to take these things very slow. And Mm. one of the ways um, to identify a predator if you're out in the dating world is to tell them. I want to take this very very slow. Because if you tell a predator that you want to take it slow, they're out the door. They're going in the different in a different direction. They'll say, "Oh, they'll, no, I do too." And then the next day, "So you want to see me tonight?"
0: Exactly. Oh, my god. That's exactly right. They will when you're dating, these people again like with their sixth sense, you th- Oh my god. You just brought three different things into my head. But okay. absolutely, you tell them, hey, I want to take it slow. Taking it slow is really good advice. In any dating or, or any kind of relationship, you know, the new neighbor who've moved in or whatever it is, a parent at school, someone at your work. Um, but And when you say, I want to take it slow, yeah, they'll probably tell you, oh, yeah, me too. And then they'll be like the next day, hey, let's get together tonight. Right. <laughs> you know, <Right>. um, <laughs> and
1: they'll be like, and then maybe they'll wait two days, and then they'll say, "Well, well how long do you expect me to wait?" You know. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I like exactly. you. How long do you. Right. So. Right,
0: and that's part. That's a love bombing thing. Oh my God, I've never met anyone like you. You're so fantastic. I, I just got to see you again. I mean, how I, I'm, I'm going nuts here because you're so great. It's so. Uh, that's another. Yeah. They don't respect. Bad. They don't. They don't. They don't really hear and listen and respect what you have said. Mm-hmm. But I tell people that when, when, you're, you, when you're dating, uh, dating is a great example. People that are dating, they go out on a date. A decent, normal, wonderful person believes that uh, they're, they're having a, a long dinner with a first date or a second date, whatever. They think that that process is about I'm going to share intimate things about myself and you're going to share intimate things about yourself so that we can develop intimacy and get to know each other. And no, I'm going to let you know who I really am. And you're going to let me know who you really are. Well, if you're dealing with an emotional predator, that is not what's happening. You're busy revealing all these things about yourself that are core beliefs, the things that are so emotionally important to you. And the the predator is busy mining you for all that information about what you hold near and dear so that they can use it to manipulate you might be six months down the road might be a year down the road might be after they've sucked you into being married to them might be after there's a couple of children and then they've really got you hooked in there but they're busy that's what's happening they're mining
1: too- good word I like that word they're mining yeah um yeah. they 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 customize their abuse to each target mm-hmm. oh yeah based on what you tell them and most people will tell oh. you're right most people will tell them when they first meet them they open up yep and and the narcissist is like Oh, I want to know everything about you.
0: Yep. You're just like, bleh. yep. <laughs> you just vomit who, your whole life out. <laughs> yeah, but but who? What what? What normal person isn't like? Wow, somebody really interested in me. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So uh, Years ago, I worked with a, a a brilliant woman. She had a she's a wonderful lady. She struggled to end a, re, a relationship. She had a twelve or thirteen year old daughter. She st- had struggled to end a relationship with somebody that she readily understood and described was just a a nutcase, narcissistic, off the charts, all about him. She kept trying to, you know, and she finally set that boundary and ended it with him. Then she went to a weekend, uh, a a two-day weekend workshop on relationships and building healthy relationships. In the middle of the second day, the presenter of this workshop started hitting on her. Well, that's what was happening. She didn't see it that way. He was—he he expressed a real interest in her. So they had one date, and you know, whatever. The second date, he invites her up to his house, which is kind of up in the up in the hills where I live here, and, and he had a little land around it and a fence. It. And he takes her in the house. He, he comes up to his house. He starts. This is what she told me. He starts walking her around the house. Oh, and this will be your daughter's bedroom. Your daughter can have this bedroom and your dog. See, I have a fenced in your. He starts moving her into his work, into his house on a second date. Now, the wow. wonderful thing about her was she comes back and reports this to me and goes, <laughs> I'm done with that asshole. Oh, I shouldn't say that, but I'm done with that, that guy. Say that. You know. And, and, and so the first, the first one she got was, you know, six years of on, off, on, off. That's beautiful progress. And by the way, the epilogue of that is after that, uh, uh, you know, maybe a year later, she's happily married to a really wonderful guy. So
1: that's a great story. I tell people for the first three to six months do not go to their place do not bring them don't have these let me cook dinner for you because you're going to be in an intimate setting you're going to end up sleeping with them and then those hormones are going to kick in and you're going to be addicted mm-hmm. and that's what happens you, you are addicted.
0: So, you are so correct oh my god you're so correct yes addiction is a big that's a very interesting yeah it's a whole nother oh it's topic. a lot
1: a lot of this is you know is brain chemical addiction because when people get out of these relationships when they know they have to for their life you know for survival they still want that person they're still addicted to the love and that's what i have to help them break it's very hard you know yes they're black and blue you know for twenty years the, the the spouse has beaten them black and blue and they know it. They know their death if they they're dead if they stay there. And yet I always say, Do you still love the person? Yeah, Randy, I'm so embarrassed to say that. But if he walked in the door today, I'd wrap my arms around him and take him back. So uh, it's an addiction as well.
0: Yes. That yes. Oh God. That that goes to that, that raises in my mind that what do we mean when we say love? I love him. Well, a lot of people, when when that comes up, I try to talk to people about, consider that love is not a a thing or a feeling. It's a way of acting. How does he act toward you? Is is that loving? So he doesn't love you because he treats you, you he beats you up all the time or whatever whatever he's doing could be emotionally beating you up you know convert coercive control it, it could be all kinds of stuff um you know and i it's hard for some people to say but i feel and then you but you just said it's like yeah but can we understand that as your you know brain chemical emote that's an addictive response mm-hmm. but that's not love love is how you, you act towards someone and is he loving toward you? The answer is clearly not. Therefore, let's look at someone who's not loving toward you, What's going on there where you're still? And that also goes to in relation in many relationships, people do not ever relate or they're not involved. Their relationship is not with the other person. It's with their projections and who they want the other person to be. And a lot of times in that kind of situation, it's really helpful to to help someone to see, Oh, I would take him back. If he walked in the room, I I would, well, okay. Describe the person that you would be taking back. What are their traits and how do they act? Oh, and they'll sort of describe the abuser during the honeymoon, the love bombing phase. And then you have to bring in the reality of, well, okay, that's this. They behave that way towards you. But look at this other stuff. You have to, because we naturally want to blind ourselves to right, that. That's
1: when the addiction forms. It addic- it mm. forms in the love bombing stage. So when the predator, you know, takes the mask off, um, a normal person thinks it's their fault when things change. Mm. So, I you know, I use the example, this is the best example I know, because uh, my mother is a narcissist and my father thinks she's, a goddess okay he Mm -hmm. just turned 100 she's 95. they've been married over 75 years
0: wow
1: he thinks she is the second coming he thinks she is this goddess he's never been able to let go of the first time he met her he said when I first met her I heard bells he's still holding on to it and I and my mother I believe really worked him over because he Grew up without a mother. His mother died when he was very young. I think she, she smelled it on him. I'm gonna be that mother, and boy, did she hook him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it, this can go on for years and years. And I tell people, when you get out, stop beating yourself up. Congratulate yourself because not everybody mm-hmm. does. This is yeah. hard to break. Very hard to yes.
0: break. Yeah. Yeah. That by the way, that that circles back to the thing that I think I'd said earlier about. If you've been targeted and you stop beating yourself up, it it almost, in my opinion, it almost assuredly means that you're an exceptionally wonderful person. Mm-hmm, you're right. They don't they don't target people that are selfish and are not gonna be, you know, they target the best among us.
1: You're absolutely right. So oh, we have to stop. Gosh, we could go on for hours.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll have
1: to talk outside of this, but um please. Um, but yeah, so uh, then tell us what your book's called again, in the name of your book. Oh, it's
0: called, here I can, I have a, I don't know if they can see it. It's called, let me see it, does that, oh, it's protecting called,
1: Protecting Yourself from Emotional, you
0: know what? Yeah, Protecting Yourself from, whoa, everything's it's okay. shiny and reflective. I, I
1: have it on my
0: bookshelf, yeah. It's yeah. called Protecting Yourself from Emotional and, Predators, and the subtitle down there is Neutralize the users, abusers, and manipulators hidden keyword among us. But yeah, protecting yourself from emotional predators. That's the okay. And if you want if if somebody wants it, they go to Amazon. There's an audio, there's a an audible version, and there's a Kindle version too. I'm a big paperback guy, but yeah,
1: I like books too. We're the you know, it's we're the old people.
0: Generational. That
1: generation. I want a book in my hand.
0: I like that. Yeah, thing. well I like to write notes in the margin in pencil and mm-hmm. you know yeah. make my own table of contents in some of the blank pages in the front. Page fifty three, that's when so and so did such and such. So I can get in and out to yeah. the stuff that's and important it, and to me. With
1: these topics people do need the, the physical copy of the book because they will go back and back and back to things and reread them relate they'll have another experience they want to go back and relate to it so it's really good to have the physical copy. Um, yes. Okay, and so, tell us um, if anybody wants if anybody wants to work with you, tell us exactly what you're doing because a lot of people are um, struggling with, you know. Um, Parental alienation um, and um, very unfair court decisions and things like that. Do you? Is that what you do?
0: Yes, yes, and I work well with. So my background is. Um, oh, there it is. I'm wearing it today. How about Oh, that? Cornell. I, I I've been wearing this for thirty years, but. Um, I, I I'm a I'm a graduate of Cornell Law School. And uh I don't practice as a lawyer now. I'm also a psychotherapist and I have all kinds of psychology and mediation arbitration trainings, but I work very well with people's attorneys also okay. to help kind of bridge, you know, to help the help the, the the parent dealing with this kind of stuff, help them on the emotional, psychological side of it to understand, to change their view of the whole thing so that they're less reactive. And a lot of the lawyers that uh, reach out to me and say, "Hey, could you please help this client of mine who's, I understand, you know, they're just bouncing off the walls with what they've been through. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of that kind of consulting with people. And, and, um, you know, sometimes uh, people who've been divorced for a number of years and they're still dealing. Yeah. I work with a lot of people. And some people who aren't in, some people who are in, in the family courts. There, there. I get contacted by people who are in, you know, businesses with the problem people and conflict within their business, and sometimes mid-sized firms will contact me about, uh, you know, a what would normally be called a an HR human human resources problem. Um, but I can bring a different understanding to the whole thing and 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 different strategies for how to deal with it. And
1: and so do, do we contact you through your website?
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good way. Sure. And what that's, is that? That's creativeresolutions.org. Okay. Yeah, create awesome. creativeresolutions plural. dot org. Okay.
1: Well, we'll have to collaborate on some things. Um. So, yeah, Please. I'm sure we'll be in touch. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Well, we you and I have much you know more to talk about. We have so there's, much there's... more
1: to talk about. So we and we will. All right. And well, I, for today, <laughs> thank you. Um, it's just been it's been great. Let me just um
0: Randy, I just want to say thank you very much. And I really appreciate you and your your the work you do and the understanding that you bring to all of this. It's it's so needed. It's so needed across the whole society and for all the people that you can help. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for that. I try to put out as much content and make myself as visible as possible because people need it. Okay, yeah. have a great day.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.